episode of Cargo Facts Connect, podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreiger, Associate Editor, Cargo Facts. And I'm your co-host, Robert Luke, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. It was an extremely eventful week for... Um, a lot of things in the uh, cargo industries, um, and we're going to get to them today. I want to give a quick thank you for the mention of ATSG, um, who mentioned the uh, CargoFax Consulting during their, their earnings call. Jeff, it was a big week for wide bodies for multiple regions, um, especially in Asia. Jeff, what do you have for us? Right, it was a uh, good week for wide bodies, um, and perhaps of note is uh, the it was quieter on the seven three seven eight hundred front, uh, which is different. But uh, yeah, so on the wide body front, like, one of the biggest and best and most unexpected um, stories from this week was um, that Japan Airlines is getting back into the freighter game. Um, they kind of had half a foot um, in the door with um, last year's announcement that they were um, one of their subsidiaries was going to start flying A321 freighters for um, the Japanese uh, logistics uh, and delivery company Yamato. Um, but that's a slightly different deal because they're, they're only going to be doing the flying portion. They, they have no control over, over the network and everything. So and those planes aren't even um, or at least by Yamato. But now they are fully um, going to be uh, getting back um, into the freighter market because they um, will be taking three of their 767-300ERs and converting them. Um, they've now confirmed that they will be converting those with Boeing, uh, which I guess was was what we had expected. Um, and so these will be coming in um, basically around toward the end of this year um, until um, Mar the end of March next year. Um, and this is basically, um, it's interesting because they, uh, when they um, went, or before they um, went bankrupt in 2010, um, they actually had uh, three 767 production uh, freighters. So, um, they clearly still uh, are interested in, in that type. Um, and of course, their competitor, ANA, um, also has a fleet of 767 freighters, both production and converted. So um, these, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting Interesting to see what they do with these. Um, they say they will be um, flying to East Asia, obviously meaning Japan, Korea, China. Um, and so yeah, it's it's part of their um, broader strategy um, to grow the cargo business, and that um, the Yamato deal also falls into that. Um, and so they, uh, and interestingly, also this week, the, uh, the first Yamato A321 um, went to um, Singapore for conversion, um, and uh, we'll, we'll just see um, what kind of feedstock they they choose uh, for their three conversions they have um a, a relatively young 767s um and of course uh, as we reported in the past uh ups um 
clearly finds those frames attractive as well. Um, they've bought, well, they, they bought three um, years ago. And more recently, they've also bought two uh, that they will convert with Boeing um, as well. So yeah, this is this is a very, very interesting um, development. And um, we look forward to seeing um, th that first 767 head off um, for conversion. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about this? I think it's absolutely great. Um, it's, you know, a tremendous boost for the industry. I think it's reflective of, despite what the outlook financially is uh, appearing to show from the global standpoint, when you're looking at the inflation buildup, as well as the demand declining, uh, from a global standpoint, you're seeing within respective regions that the demand is still vibrant. Um, you're also seeing that airlines are now taking a stronger interest and focus on the cargo sector because it's garnered so much attention since the uh, pre and post uh, pandemic era. And I think that, you know, as you said, the 767 is a attractive uh, airframe for the cargo sector. It's very uh, flexible in the sense that it can do uh, segmented routes from, you know, uh, medium to long haul, and it covers a lot of area that's going to uh, need to be covered as far as the express shipping and e-commerce continues to develop. Uh, not only UPS is building up their arsenal, but uh, FedEx is definitely continuing to add to theirs and, and many other carriers are doing the same uh, before that 2027 deadline hits. So um, I think it's tremendous. What are your thoughts, Andrew? I was I was really um, surprised um, by 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 the um, uh, JAL news. Um, I, I was expecting a, a flop over to the A321, given Yamato Group's relations with the A321. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense to for them to use 767. So I I guess it wouldn't be so surprising. I, that that I'm just reading Jeff's thoughts as he's across the table scowling at me for being surprised at this. Um, but that's not the only type there was to deflect um, something that I was very interesting to, to see was an older freighter type um, getting business with Cargo 3. Um, tell me more about the MD-10 with Cargo 3, Robert. Thank you, Andrew. And as Jeff is probably looking at us, I will just say the MD-10-30Fs that FedEx had recently retired 11 of them. Recently, three of them were acquired uh, by Cargo 3. And thank you. Not yet. They, they, will they, they will be acquired by uh, Cargo 3. But thankfully, they did give us uh, the unit MSNs, which you can definitely read about in the article we posted yesterday, uh, that are pending Panamanian registration. And I think it bodes well. You know, it's definitely showing that older freighters are going to be given a new life. But I love the fact that uh, Cargo 3, which initially started out uh, getting their certification in 2021 and committing to the A300 airframe type uh, to begin their, their cargo operations, has transitioned to the MD-10-30F and will take on three of those in a relatively short period of time and begin conducting operations. Uh, I believe it's uh, non-regular scheduled operations between uh, Panama City and Miami. So we're looking forward to seeing that. And again, you know, I was speaking with somebody who I'll keep nameless in regards to this, and they really do believe that although there is a transition in re uh, of, of 
freighter aircraft types with the retirement of the older older freighters. The older freighters are getting second and third wins, and you'll see a good balance of older and uh, newer conversion types providing uh, much needed lift capacity for the sector to supplement the growing demand for express shipping and e-commerce. And in addition to that, new lanes that are being opened with open skies agreements that are being established between countries um, to continue to support this uh, growing demand for cargo service. In addition to that, uh, there was another segment of older freighters, unfortunately, that were put put out into a uh, where they were put to rest and placed into storage. Jeff, do you want to shed some light on that since it seems to be coming from your backyard? Uh, oh, the China Airlines. <laughs> yes, China Airlines. <laughs> Just the, the stumbling. Bravo, Robert. You got him. Completely you got me. unprepared. You got me. <laughs> Now that I know what you you were talking about, yes, well, China Airlines, um, one of the largest 747 operators, obviously, uh, freighter 747-400 freighter operators, and we, as we know, they've they've kind of um, talked about their plans to for the, that type and how um, they are replacing those, and they have started that process. Um, it, it's uh, of course going to be a drawn out process, but. Um, that deadline um, that they've set um, for themselves uh, is is coming up soon, uh, and so they they've actually uh, some of their 747s um, aren't flying right now actually, but um, they tell us that they they they're still counting those as part of the fleet, but um, one that they did send to the desert um, last month um, is officially out. They don't have any plans for that to return, um, especially since they've actually sold that aircraft now. Um, and uh, the, so they have five more triple uh, seven freighters coming. Um, but those are being uh, those are late. Um, in fact, one was supposed to be delivered last month, um, but it still is at the Boeing factory. Um, so they're just kind of waiting to see um, the exact timeline for for those those new deliveries so they can um, figure out what um, or when they they will be uh, removing the 747 uh, but I guess the 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 end goal is that um, in the next couple of years they they will have gotten rid of most of those um, quad engine jets and that brings up um, a question doesn't it because some of these um, or many of their 747s are actually um, would actually be attractive to many other um, people or companies, um, especially since they're production 747-400s, um, they're not that old. Um, so, you know, we've reported on some companies that are still flying um, with 747s. Uh, so let me ask you two. Um, potential uh, candidates to pick up um, these 747s? Well, I'm going to go with the first one I, I spoke of before we began our recording, and I think Robert, associate editor at Carcofax, believes Era One might be a potential interesting uh, new up-and-coming startup carrier that might want that might that may want to add these to their fleet. Andrew? You know, I, I would I would put it with Jet One X. Um, yeah, yeah, I second that. Because they, they they had a 
that's where some of the previous 747s went. Um, however, there's a couple of dodgy airlines um, uh, in, in that might uh, want to take take up a 747-400. Um, we, we, we keep on seeing them start off with that, but um, it, it's, it's certainly a mystery that's going to be on my mind for a very long time. Right. Well, let's we, call them dodgy because uh, we... My well, I have a couple of guesses, but um, oh, I have one be... more, one more. Sure. I'm gonna interrupt real quick. I think even potentially, maybe a long shot, but Fly Meta might be one one carrot, one group yeah. that looks at those. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. So these like maybe let's not call them dodgy, just um, <laughs> not major operators of uh, freighter aircraft. Um, so uh, yeah, another one uh, which is kind of related to Air One um, because those companies are f affiliated in some way. But um, Aero Trans Cargo, um, who they're leasing their first seven four seven from, um, there is also Air ACT in Turkey. Um, they've been talking about um, adding more seven four sevens for a while. Uh, they just haven't been able to find any, um, and then. Um, Air Atlanta Icelandic. Uh, they've been adding more, more and more 747 400s over the past couple of years. And, and so we, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if actually they, they ended up with it. Um, yeah, so uh, they're, they're, what's clear is that I don't think these uh, production 747 400s uh, will have any problem finding um, a new home. I agree. I think it's as long as there's green time left in them, uh, they're going to put them to work. Because uh, once these planes go down, then that's one less quad engine that's capable of doing all of the great carry and lift capacity that the 7.4 is able to do that's no longer going to be available. So, um, you know, barring them being at the level of BER beyond economic repair, somebody's going to take them and put them to work. Well, and on that, I'm going to say that that's all the time that we have for it's today. actually not because uh speaking of time uh also large wide body um and the a350 um will be will be a bit more time before we see it uh enter into service um just uh yeah, just to end on that um uh, perhaps um with any kind of new aircraft program um delays are expected but in any case, we will now see that first um, A350 freighter uh, deliver and enter into service um, in 2026. Um, oh, darn, Airbus, come on. We're waiting for this one to unfold and be avail made available to the masses. Let's let's rapidly mint it, okay? Uh, yeah, anyway, you bring up the Airbus, which is what I was going to close out with. Um, you know, I I don't think I've we've encountered a conversion program or factory program that isn't encountering some sort of delay at some at some rate. I mean, uh, Boeing's triple seven um, F program, yeah, you know, it's it's fighting a lot of delays on its passenger front. Um, certainly, those might stretch into the cargo variant. But it's it, they're delaying their factory triple sevens, uh, which is why China Airlines is in the conundrum that they are with their um, some four sevens. You know, IAI's 
uh, first flight. It was only delayed by a couple of months, but there was a delay. Um, C cubed also uh, delayed. Um, I, you know, we can take a look at where EFW is with their delivery time to detail with our some of our past articles to see who's yeah. going. So this is cargo jet also mentioned um, the expected delay with their first triple seven two hundred LRMF um, with Mammoth. So, so it's nice that like Airbus is like among the rest of us. I, I I've seen so much positive news about the A three fifty that it's it's it. it it's nice to be like, okay, they're they're just one of us. Even Airbus can can feel um, can feel the pressure of you know the economic difficulties at the time. Well, we'll say ATSG and uh, their earnings today. Uh, they did mention that um, conversion times are um, extended out. No, they're improving. Um, they said so. That I mean, and we'll hopefully see that um, return to normal um, later this year. Yeah, they said that that is true. What I what I mistaken it for was that they were at the mercy of the conversion timelines right now. So right. OK, cool. Well, then on that note, it's time to end. I want to thank you so very much for joining us today. For more multimedia content like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time. Bye.